Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A man has been shot dead in West Belfast in what is understood to be a gangland murder. The dead man was 26-year-old Kevin Conway, originally from Lurgan. He was facing murder charges at the time of his death. He was bailed in July last year and at that time the PSNI objected to bail and said that he was in danger, he was under threat and they feared that there would be reprisal attacks but he was bailed regardless. Sources are linking the killing to the Lurgan Portadown crime gang, The Firm. We can say that Kevin Conway had a connection to The Firm. He was a member of The Firm, he was a very senior member of The Firm um, and he would have been associates with other quite senior members of The Firm. To tell us more about this murder and about The Firm, I'm joined by our crime correspondent, Alison Morris. Alison, you're very welcome to the Bell Tell. A man gunned down at his house in West Belfast. What's the latest on this? Well, what we do know is that um, Kevin Conway was shot dead on Tuesday evening. He was shot dead at a house in Ross Noreen area of West Belfast. It was believed that that address was the bail address where he um, had been staying. He was on bail in connection with the murder of Shane Whitla. Shane Whitla is a young fellow who was murdered in January last year in Lurgan and police have said that that was in relation to a drug debt that he had amassed to the group known as The Firm. Kevin Conway was one of the suspects in that case. He was bailed in July last year and at that time the PSNI objected to bail and said that he was in danger, he was under threat and they feared that there would be reprisal attacks but he was bailed regardless. His bail address had to be outside of Lurgan and clearly that's how he has found himself in West Belfast where um, he was shot dead last night. Reprisal from who? So here's the thing, the PSNI at this point in time haven't said, but I would imagine that Kevin Conway had a lot of enemies for a start. So what they would be looking at is two things. So is this a reprisal from a rival drug gang? Is this someone who maybe had links to Shane Whitlow or who was an associate of of a rival drugs gang who um, had a problem with Kevin Conway and they're killing him in relation to that? Is that what this killing's for? Or, and this probably seems more likely at this stage, has this been carried out by a distant Republican gang to lay down a marker because this guy was living in the heart of West Belfast and what would be considered quite a Republican community and we have seen an influx and an increase in that kind of drug activity and this type of shoot would lay down a marker to people involved in this kind of gangland criminality that they are not welcome to set up in West Belfast um, and that there will be you know, violent retribution if they do. So uh, the PSNI, I would assume, and we haven't heard from them other than a, a holding statement at this time, I assume that they'll be looking at two things. Is this a rival drugs gang 
or was this dissident Republicans? They're the only two options that would really be on the table at this point in time. And there's a limit to the amount of people would have access to weapons and who would be able to carry out a killing in somewhere like Rosnarine and get away from that scene um, without being detected. So you would need to have contacts and you would need to really know the area. I once many, many years ago lived in Rosnarine and it is a rabbit warren of streets. So to be able to get in and out of there, you'd imagine there had to have been at least some degree of local knowledge. Again, I, we need to be careful with speculation, but we have discussed the murders of Sean Fox, Jim Donegan, Mark Hall. Uh, they happened in various parts of West Belfast, but they, the gunman in those cases seems to have made, at least in the Donegan and Sean Fox case, seems to have made his way to a specific area, which wouldn't be very far away from Rustering. So the murder of Sean Fox, the gunman disappeared into the Lanadoon estate. The murder of J.D. Dunningham, which was outside his son's school on the Glen Road, the gunman made his way into the Lanadoon estate. And then we also had the murder of Kieran Wiley, who was a former member of the group known as Uglin Hearn. And he was shot dead in his Lanadoon home and the gunman disappeared into the Lanadoon estate. And none of those killings was a getaway car used or anything. So we know that those gunmen disappeared into that very large estate and were never seen again. So you would assume the police would be looking to say if they have safe houses or somewhere where then they're going to change clothes, get rid of weapons, all of that. If that turns out to be the MO in this killing, I would almost bet my house that it is linked to the exact same gunmen who are also linked to the murder of Warren of Warren Crossan and linked to the murder of Mark Hall, among others. Um, so we have said this before and we've done podcasts on this before that there is one or two very experienced hitmen who are active in West Belfast. It is very early for me to be able to say whether they were responsible, but it but um, it'll become clear very soon because you can tell by the MO they use exactly the same method every time. Can you tell us anything more about Kevin Conway, his background, his family background? It's actually quite tragic because Kevin Conway and the Conway family are no strangers to tragedy. In 1998, Kevin Conway Sr., who was himself just 30 years of age at the time, disappeared from his house in the Kowalki estate as thought that he was maybe lured from that home or abducted from that house and he was found dead a few days later um, in a rural farmhouse and he'd been shot in the head and his hands were tied behind his back. This afternoon the body of the man found shot dead yesterday was finally removed from the disused farmhouse in Ahali. The dead man is believed to be Kevin Conway, a Catholic father of four from the Kilwilkie estate in Lurgan. Local people described him as a wheeler dealer and he'd been the victim of a so-called punishment attack by the IRA in the past. No one ever claimed that killing, but it was widely believed that it was carried out by members of the IRA, of the professional IRA in that area, people whose names would be well known in those circles and that he had been accused of being involved in petty criminality, the sale of, you know, smuggled cigarettes and things like that. And that was given as, I suppose, the reason why they believed he may have been abducted. There's a real tragic twist to this tale because when Kevin Conway Sr. was, whether he was abducted or he was lured from his home, he was found dead in his bedroom slippers because he had been babysitting his three-month-old baby son at the time. And when the alarm was raised, that child had been left at home alone. Um, and that was how the alarm was first raised. And then obviously Kevin Conway Sr. was was found dead. That three-month-old baby son was Kevin Conway, who was shot dead last night. Um, so he has met a very similar fate to that of his father. And regardless of what either man was involved in for the family and the Conway family, is a very personal tragedy. And that's two people that they have lost under extremely similar circumstances. 
We have discussed on this podcast before, and people can go back and listen to it, we have discussed the Lurgan Portadown cross-community crime gang, The Firm. Again, it's early days, but we can say that Kevin Conway had a connection to the firm. He was a member of the firm. He was a very senior member of the firm um, and he would have been associates with other quite senior members of the firm. And, you know, there's when we say cross-community, you know, it's to, to try and explain, I suppose, you know, in the past we're used to Republican we're reporting on loyalist crime gangs, Republican crime gangs, and then just, you know, I suppose what we'd say is, you know, criminals, but those criminals tend to stay, although they will do business with people from other communities, they tend to more or less stay in their same sort of tribal groups. The firm is a, a different setup altogether. It includes people who would be very senior loyalists. Some of the members of the firm are people who were linked to the murder of the journalist Martin O'Hagan. Um, and they would have had connections to the LVF and all sorts of other loyalist paramilitary groups. And then other people come from very Republican backgrounds, people like Kevin Conway, whose family lived in the Kowalki estate. And ironically, one of the people who was suspected of the murder of his father, and no one was ever convicted of killing Kevin Conway Sr., but one of the people who was suspected of the murder of his father, his son is also a member of the firm. So you had the situation where Kevin Conway was a member of a drug gang with the son of a man who possibly killed his own father. Again, it's early days and we can't overly speculate. Now, we have discussed the firm before and people contacted me to say, the firm's a very serious crime gang and yourself and Alison perhaps didn't give them the, you know, didn't credit them with the, we sort of said they're not as professional perhaps as other crime gangs. I do think that, yeah, I think that the the issue there is that everyone who gets caught involved in any kind of crime in the Lurgan Armagh, the Craig Avon area, people go, they're a member of the firm and they're not. So, you know, if if they were all a member of the firm, the firm would have a cast of thousands. Um, There are, there's a hierarchy of people involved in this gang and they have been involved in two and potentially after last night three murders in recent years out of Malcolm McKeown and of of Shane Whitla. There are some very serious operators who are members of the firm. There are also you know, dozens of petty, petty criminals, young people who have been sucked into the criminality, whether that be through drug addiction or through, you know, debts that they've accrued to these people or in the, you know, the failed sort of, I suppose, pursuit of some kind of status or symbols. And then there's people who are just arrested for all sorts of petty criminality and they're now all being lumped in to being members of the firm. The firm isn't, you know, it wouldn't have the sort of hierarchical structure that a paramilitary group would have. It wouldn't have, you know, brigadiers and commanders and all that. But clearly there's a hierarchy in terms of people who have experience and people who have access to weapons and people who are pretty dangerous characters um, and then other people who would be, you know, low-level petty criminals, you know, and people who um, sometimes are more actually victims of the firm than they are members of it. You know, we've seen that with crime gangs in the South where they have very young teenage runners who work for them. I mean, you've only to think of the the... the appalling murder of, of 17-year-old Keane Mulready Wood who was, you know, abducted, dismembered. He was a, you know, a young drunk runner for a jock at a crime gang. There's a lot of people like that getting involved in the firm that'd be at a very low level. They're not people that we should probably take that serious in terms of their criminality, but they are people who I think that intervention in terms of help, you know, with their drug addiction and things like that to try and remove them from the clutches of, of more serious and dangerous criminals would be um, the better approach to them. But there is a real concern. I mean, just this week, obviously, we reported that around 20 people were on a list that was linked to the firm. 
these lists have appeared, you know, I don't know how many times I've reported on them in the past 12 months or so. This one seemed slightly more professional and slightly more, you know, better researched in terms of that it had not just the names of these people, it had car registrations, it had makes of cars, it had uh, mobile phone numbers, it had, you know, lists of who was their girlfriend, who was their brother, who was their associates. Um, Someone had went to a lot of trouble, put it that way, to compile this list. I must be clear, Kevin Conway was not on that list. We have to be clear as well, whilst we can report on the existence of said list, we don't comment on the veracity or the truthfulness or any of these things. And and obviously the criminal justice system, the police and journalists would certainly disapprove of this sort of uh, vigilantism. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, we've always had sort of vigilante style, you know, summary justice in this place. So we think about what happened in terms of the amount of sort of um, punishment, paramilitary style beatings and shootings that have taken place. This is sort of a relatively new age to that, whereas people, you know, that's sort of like naming and shaming. And what we don't know is what is the intent of the person who created that list? Are they really, a, you know, a frustrated law-abiding citizen who is sick of, you know, their area being controlled by drug gangs? Or are they a members of a rival drug gang who are trying to implicate people? Or are they members of that drug gang themselves who are trying to distract others away from them? And what it also does too is that it frightens people and it frightens people from coming forward and giving evidence to the police. And so it serves numerous propaganda purposes in terms of that. But yes, we always have to remember, do we know the intent of the person who made up this list? And we have to assume that their intent was not one that was, you know, totally um, wholesome or for the right reasons it could have been in order to try and blacken the name of someone who maybe they'd had a run-in with at some point. And certainly, I mean, again, I don't condone these lists at all, but people do ask me as a journalist frequently about it. And I've seen some of these lists and I and I see names on them and I, and I, and I personally believe that this totally someone's just innocently a total victim of this thing. Other people, you just wonder exactly, is this some sort of rivalry? I'm sure this is a subject we will return to again. Obviously, um, we do, because I think there's a wider story here. And the wider story is not just the people who are direct victims, whether they be people who were involved in criminality themselves. And, you know, Kevin Conway started off his life as a victim, you know, a victim of conflict. He lost his father at a very young age um, and he has turned into someone who has now became a victim of gangland criminality. But also, you know, a lot of this, and I have spoken to people from that area and they're really concerned about the increase in the the drug misuse in that area and also the increase in the suicides that have taken place because, as you know, when people become addicted, especially to very powerful um, prescription medication and drugs like that, they get themselves into drug debts, they get themselves into mental health crisis, they get themselves into depression. And so they're, they're... are direct victims and you'll you'll know their names and you'll see their pictures in the papers but there's indirect victims as well of these people. And we would also stress I suppose to people who may be disseminating uh, these lists maybe creating these lists just because you're not a professional journalist doesn't mean you can't get yourself into a world of legal trouble. Yes, and, and Jim Gamble, he's a sort of former um, a former senior member of the RUC, now turned cybersecurity. I interviewed him this week about this list and he says the ironic thing is that even if these people had good intent in trying to expose these criminals, they might find themselves criminals themselves at the end of it because it is harassment, it is misuse of communications and depending on how many times they do it and how many times they publish these people's names in any kind of form, it also could come under the new stalking laws as well and they could find themselves, you know, sitting in a magistrate's court looking at the magistrate as a result of making lists like this and putting them into the public domain. Alison, it's a subject we will return to again as well. We will return, of course, to the murder of Kevin Conway when we know more and 
I'd say it's almost inevitable that we will be speaking about gangs like the firm again in the future. Uh, Alison Mars, crime correspondent of the Belfast Telegraph, thank you very much. When you get an Irish independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a 75 euro O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply.